everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders. Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. We're so pleased you're with us for this exceptional interview with the author, Linda Garshweiler Scribner author of I Can't See With My Gloves On. Get ready for another episode full of information, laughter, and new ideas for readers and authors. We want to encourage your writing success. I'm Dr. Kathy King, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to my fabulous co-host, Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Hey, Kathy. Hi, everybody. Welcome. We're so glad you're here with us today. And today we've got a special show, and it's always special because all of you are here with us. It's my pleasure to introduce all of you to our guest author, Linda Garshweiler Scribner. Linda has woven insight and humor into her journey of sight loss. Her book, I Can't See With My Gloves On, is listed as a most popular book on many NLS Talking Book regional library websites, as well as on BARD. From Indiana, Linda earned her bachelor's degree in secondary education and went on to work as a rehabilitation specialist at the League for the Blind and Disabled in Fort Wayne, Indiana, supporting people as they adjusted to living with vision loss. She enjoys cooking, reading, walking, swimming, exercising, singing, board and card games, and traveling. She's been married to Tom Scribner since 1976, and they have two sons and six grandchildren. With her book, she has brought much joy, laughter, and encouragement to our community, as well as gently introducing a better understanding of living and coping without sight to the rest of the world. Your vision is not required to enjoy this episode, so take off your gloves and get ready to chuckle. We know this will be an inspiring and fun show today. Cheryl? Thank you. Thanks, Linda, for being here with us. We are happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much. And thank you for asking me to participate. This is a yes. new experience for me. <laughs> well, Kathy and I have enjoyed reading your book. Your book falls in a couple of genres, memoir and humor genres. Out of your life experiences that you've shared, how did you choose to share the ones you did? When I was working and I would meet with people who were visually impaired to whatever degree or totally blind, for a lot of people, it was new and they were always very upset. And I discovered, you know, sharing my stories and I tried to pick funny ones, not all the time, but the humor really helped people relax and and could relate. And a lot of times they would say, well, gosh, you know, if she can do this with no vision, then I should be able to do it with some vision. And so I, in, instead of, you know, hitting all the really heavy stuff first on, I, I always went to the humor side. When I was sitting down trying to write the book and trying to organize everything, I first, I'm still a, a kind of a braille user, more than a computer user. So I would, I made a whole page of just general topics. And then first I, I thought, okay, I'm not going to try and do this chronologically. That just, 
that just made me crazy because I thought I just won't get everything in the right era or line or whatever. So, so I just thought, okay, just rule out timeline. And then I made like notes of major events that I could remember uh, that always made people laugh. And I would ask friends and family, you know, what are stories? What am I forgetting? And so then I kind of pared it down into chapters or more general topics and started giving those chapters names, which kept changing and evolving. I just, you know, the, <laughs> the one chapter uh, that never changed was the oh poop chapter, which, you know, can't change that. That just says it all. So <laughs> I went from using, you know, the Braille outline then, and, and then actually, like Carol said, putting your hands on the keyboard and, and start typing. And, and then I would revise and keep going and <laughs> try again. And that's what we have to do, right? <laughs> we edit and edit and edit some more. And then after we tweak it a little bit, we might have to go back in and rearrange some paragraphs or even rearrange chapters, take some things out, put them aside. Maybe we'll use them somewhere else until we feel that it's got a good flow to it. Sometimes I would, I would have a, you know, a chapter and then think, oh, this is a long one against a long one, or, you know, probably put a short one up here. <laughs> and, but yeah, I, I did. I did a lot of, a lot of rearranging. How did you come up with the title of your book? Uh, the title of the book, Living in Indiana, we had some pretty harsh winters. Mm -hmm. I hardly ever wore gloves. When Tom and I were dating, he said, Linda, where are your gloves? And I said, I can't see with my gloves on. And that just kind of stuck. And the longer it stuck, the more I thought, well, if I ever do write a book, there's my title. So, mm -hmm. you know, freezing fingers and, and a book. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, perfect. And and I have tried those gloves that have something on them where you're able to touch the screen with them that I've never been able to work them right myself. Kathy? You've mentioned to Cheryl and I, Linda, that your experiences in college were formative for your own journey. And we hear when we listen to the book, some of the stories about the theater group and meeting your husband. So would you briefly share the impact that of your time of, at St. Francis University? Oh, sure. It's, it was life-changing for me. I went to uh, a rather large high school uh, one high school in the whole county, but going off to only, you know, 30 miles from home to a college campus, I was, I was terrified. I just thought, can I do this? <laughs> but I, I did. And first year, freshman year, I pretty much stayed introverted and very shy, but I had uh, a roommate who was just so outgoing and remained a, a lifelong friend. And she would pretty much make me get involved with things. And, and she was funny. And even, you know, years later, we both were in social services areas of work, and we would see each other at social events, and she'd be clear across the room. And she would say, there's my roomie. And she would come sailing toward me with her arms out. <laughs> and, you know, that just, as, you know, freshman year, went into sophomore year, I made more friends and started doing things like we, uh, we had occasion to, to break the dorm rules a lot. And one time um, <laughs> we 
<laughs> in our hallway, we um, put towels under all the doors into the rooms, and then we kind of gently flooded it and used it as a slip and slide. So um, <laughs> the people in charge weren't pleased, but you know we cleaned it up. And I'd been known to, you know, we had we had a curfew back in the day in the 70s. And um, sometimes I would stay out later than I should. And Tom would get or the, the guard, the guard would open the door for me and I'd go in very quickly. But the buzzer always went off and I had to hurry to my room. And one time I even went in through friends, had a, a lower level window and I climbed in the window after, you know, curfew. And so, you know. I started to gently break rules and make more friends. And then we had professors who were just, it was a small college. So the professors were just oftentimes could be one-on-one -on -one and, and we would socialize. We would go to professors' homes and meet their families. And it was just, it was just wonderful. And the whole theater thing, you know, we're, I'm still, and, and Tom and I, both are still lifelong friends with people we met through the theater and we you know we still get together and we still talk and it's just it's it's great and and that a large part of that sounds like because this school was not for the visually impaired right right it was yeah i was probably the only blind person on campus until a year later when my brother came and he was also blind but you know <laughs> so so you were been you were venturing out from a familiar environment at home and then the high school you were used to, to a large campus and trying to spread your wings a little reluctantly because of your personality at the time. Right, and right. people embraced you and helped you through that process. They did. They did. Yeah. Our, you know, the students, the professors, they were all really wonderful. And, you know, this, this was back in the day in... Um, 72, 73, you know, I took this English class because that was my interest and we had to type this paper. So the best thing I had was a typewriter and it had a correct -a type in it. And I was a fair typist, but I always made uh, mistakes and I had to turn in a research paper and the, <laughs> the professor had the front page with all red marks and he made a note. He said, Linda, I decided to ignore all your typos or you would fail this paper. So we're going to judge it on content. And I thought, oh, bless you. <laughs> and I tried hard to make it right. But, you know, they were just the people we, we had to deal with were just it was incredible. So that's fabulous. I really love hearing those stories of professors that understand and, and try to work with the students the best they can within the system. Uh, I'm a retired professor myself. Yeah. So it's really important. And I love this story about how you got recruited to take a part in a musical. And oh, unbeknownst yeah. to you, your future husband was in the audience. Yes, he was. <laughs> he watched the whole musical and evidently never even knew you were blind. <laughs> yeah. He didn't find out till he watched me run into a grand piano. So... <laughs> <laughs> So what was it like working with sighted classmates and practicing for a musical to play on a stage in front of people? I, I always say that, you know, the, the saving grace for this production, of, it was a production of the Fantastics and it was a lecture hall. So it was truly a postage stamp size stage. I mean, you know, we, we could have sets and whatnot, but it certainly wasn't a big area. And I was grateful for that. I had a 
little bit of vision at that point. But the fellow actors just kind of learned how to, you know, just a touch on an arm or putting a chair behind me because I was supposed to just sit down in this chair that had to be there. And they would just, you know, she, the gal who did it would uh, just bumped it up against my legs. So I trusted it was there and it was, and, <laughs> but the, it didn't take, it didn't take them very long to, to figure out ways. And if they couldn't, then, you know, I would give suggestions or whatever, but it was, it was pretty unobtrusive help. So that was, that was amazing. And what an impact on their lives to be part of that with you and to learn about your capabilities and how to support you and you be part of the community without it being a barrier. Right. You know, right. Mm-hmm. that must have had a, a huge impact on them as sighted people as well. I think so. We still talk about all of that kind of stuff. And sometimes they're a little more complimentary than I think I deserve. But, you know, they they deserved it, too. They deserve the, the kudos, too, because it was, it was a, a win-win for, for everybody. So You told us that in one of the emails before we did the broadcast today that your pet peeve is unobservant people. Uh, I can think of a lot of pet peeves, but that's an interesting one. Uh, how does that play out in your life as a person who's blind and, and also is content for your book? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm always asking, always asking people, you know, describe it to me. What, what color is it? You tell me about it. And most people that I know are, are really good at giving detail. And if they don't give me enough detail, I just question more. Tom's excellent at it, but he's had, you know, 45 years. So, but some people, I think vision is wasted on you. <laughs> it just <laughs> makes me crazy that they, they don't see what's around them. And I'm thinking there's so much nature out there and hustle and bustle and happenings and people doing things and and they just seem to be unaware and and so it makes me crazier than I really am so (laughs) I just forgive them and go on (laughs) so as a writer how do you bridge that gap between not being able to see at this point and yet being having to describe you're doing it from memories yes Yes, I do it from memories. I, I like when I was writing, I, I thought it was really important to, you know, use good, strong, vivid vocabulary. And I would write a sentence and I would rework it a zillion times because I thought there's a better word or there's one word that will, you know, take the place of these two or three smaller words. And I would rework the writing all the time. And, but yeah, I have, I have a lot of a lot of stuff crammed up there in my head that I was lucky because I had enough vision when I was a child to see some color, like basic red, yellow, blue, green, black, white. Now there's, you know, the color spectrum is just huge, but I had that, I had to step up. I felt like, because I had Mm -hmm. some recognition of that. And, and so I still, red is still my favorite color. People say, well, do you know what it looks like? And I say, well, I used to, <laughs> so sort of when somebody. Okay, hey, now, to- Linda, let's be honest. Let's be <laughs> honest here. Tell us the story of the airboat. Do you remember that? Oh. One? <laughs> okay, so, so your mental image of the airboat did not quite fit the experience. No, not even close. I had no idea, <laughs> but airboat just, you know, makes sense that we're going to be 
flying and we're taking this little tour of the Everglades and, and it's so noisy and I'm, you know, yelling at the top of my lungs and it's not just our family there, it's, you know, other people. And I'm yelling, you know, how high are we? A couple times, you know, and, and, and Tom's going, Linda, we're not flying, we're skimming. It's like a major huge fan. That's what the noise is. And so I didn't ask many more questions during that trip. But when we got back in the car, Paul and Patrick and Tom were more than happy to explain the airboat. But even today, if, you know, I'm being a little obtuse about something or whatever, they'll say, Mom, Linda, how high are we? <laughs> <laughs> we have to laugh at ourselves, don't we? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We really, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. As an author, and you're thinking about writing your, this book, what were your goals? Why bother? It's a lot of work. You, you had to sort all this out, figure out how to do it. Why bother, Linda? Well, my first idea was I, I did it kind of as a, an homage to my parents who you know raised three blind kids and, and did an excellent job. And then my next thought was this would be a nice legacy for you know my kids, my grandkids, whomever follows. Just working with people, I thought it would be a, using the humor. I thought it would be a good way to illustrate the tips and the techniques and the equipment that's available without doing it in a dry way you know sometimes mm -hmm. you, you know you can just be overwhelmed with all the things that are out there so I just took kind of my experiences and what I use and what I taught people to use in my job as a, as a senior blind services coordinator and thought well this would be fun and hopefully funny, but a little educational also. Well, I have to tell you, I was about a year in. I, I read your book last year uh -huh. for the first time. And it won't be the last time. I read it again oh. this week. And I was a year into sight loss. And your book made me laugh and brought me aware of how many situations we encounter that we can laugh at. And how sighted people don't understand, but there's a way to help them. And then the many people in your life that did support you and that you made it through all your life and did all these things that everybody else does. And you did it, it seems like, with a lot of humor. And I thought, you know, life goes on. Mm -hmm. So I lost my sight. Big deal. Your book <laughs> helped me so much, Linda. Oh, you know, that's... it really did. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm so glad. And that's, that was a major goal. I thought, you know, I, I, I know when I was working, I, I facilitated several different support groups around our service area and humor was a huge part of that. And, you know, you, especially sometimes with people who have, who are newly blind, it's, it's devastating. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you get the comment, like, I, I'd rather, I'd rather die than lose my sight. And it's like, that's really yeah. harsh. You know, you, and then I'm thinking, am I qualified to deal with something like this? Cause it, that's huge. You know, I would work through it with them and always with the humor in the background. And, you know, my, my motto was always there's life after blindness. You know, I just, that was a, a thing I said a lot. But just, you know, helping people, whether it was one-on-one -on -one or, or through the book or whatever, that, 
that's exciting that, that I can have that impact on people. Thank you, Linda, for your stories, for your laughter. Your stories help us feel validated as well as not so unique. Laughter also helps those around us because a lot of times people who are close to us take it much worse than we do. And isn't it something when we laugh at ourselves, people just think we're so wonderful because we're able to laugh at what just happened. Sometimes it's a matter of if I don't laugh, I'm going to cry. I'm grateful for the laughter. It doesn't mean we are minimizing as much as being able to laugh at ourselves, whether we're sighted or not. Thank you. Now, I'm sure there are many people who want to talk to you. So, Chanel, do we have any hands raised? Alice. Thank you, Chanel. And thank you very much, Linda. I wanted you to know that I am formerly from Indiana, and I always say I am a Hoosier at heart. But I love the title of your book, and I am so looking forward to reading it. And I, I just imagine it's going to be a book I'm going to recommend to others also. So thank you so much for your presentation. You're very welcome. Of Carol. Yeah, thank you. I also, I love the title, and it takes a blind person to get it, right? (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Um, I wondered what your writing process is. Do you write every day? Do you... That helps me find my best way and or stick with it is probably more to the point. I did not write every day. And, you know, people who are truly, you know, prolific authors, they tend to write every day. It's, it's a job. You know, this was more of a bucket list that I wanted to do a hobby. And I started writing. Well, I retired in uh, May of 2015 and we moved to North Carolina by the beach. And I've always loved the water. So when we got organized, I started writing hesitantly. I'd write a little bit and then I would have to swear at the computer. And of course, you know, it's not always a computer, <laughs> it's the operator. And, but, <laughs> and then Tom got real involved in volunteering here and there and doing, you know, just some different things. And so whenever he was gone, that was my opportunity to just write and I probably wrote sometimes every day, but it not consistently every day, but just, just the revising. Oh my goodness. I would, I would start on another thing and then I would think of something that I didn't put in the previous story. So I'd go back up and I'd reread it and then I'd rewrite some of it and change words. And I, and I, I, I'm not a great computer user, but we have an Alexa and I found it very easy to say, Alexa, how do you spell strategy? Or mm-hmm. Alexa, give me a synonym for oh, Alexa just heard her name. So now she's giving <laughs> me. Oh, but, but I used her for, for spelling and for synonyms a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. What a difference than using a typewriter, right? Oh, my gosh. Technology. <laughs> you know, it, it truly is amazing. <laughs> Do you have any suggestions for authors who are thinking of writing their memoirs? You want to figure out where you want to go with it. Like mm-hmm. I, I decided I wanted to use humor. That wanted to be that was going to be my big thing. I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be preachy and I didn't want to be dry. And so I thought, well, I'll use humor. And, and then it's like, write what you know about. You know, it's easier unless you want to. I'm a terrible researcher, but if you're going to do something different, then, you know, if if it takes research, then you're going to have to 
to do it or learn how to do it. Memoirs are probably one of the easier styles of writing. You did it conversationally. I felt as a reader that I was with you, that you were talking with me, not at me. That's really nice to hear because I have yeah. some friends um, and more than one have had said this to me that Linda, reading your book was like having you here talking to me. They said, yeah. you write you write like you talk. And I know when I talk, I ramble and I go around the barn mm -hmm. and I do that in my book too. But, uh, but <laughs> that's a... That's, I find uh, that to be a, a real compliment. So. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Kathy has to ring me in sometimes because I get going out around the barn too. So <laughs> she, brings, she brings me back around. <laughs> around the barn, down the field, to the creek. <laughs> oh, we won't, we won't go there. <laughs> you longer more than I do. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to tell the story and forget about everybody else who wants to participate. I'm going to tell you how it's going to begin. <laughs> the over story the middle <laughs> But, you know, I'll, I'll start a story and, and then I'll stop and I'll say, where was I going with this? You know, like, <laughs> well, that's a real storyteller at heart. I had a question for you, Linda, there. This is a, a very practical question. So you mentioned some of your family members by name, uh -huh. uh, like your daughter-in-laws and everything. Did you ask them if you could use their names? But the big question is, did they read the content before you submitted it for printing? No, they, they did not. And I didn't ask. I just kind of told them. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little bossy. <laughs> but we, we, they knew I was writing it. And they, you know, they, uh, I would talk about some of the mm -hmm. stories. And I just thought, eh, they won't care. Because I only use their first name, of course. If people are yep. clever, they can figure out their last name. But <laughs> but um, before I forget, I wanted to give a shout out to the um, the young woman who read my book uh, on Bard or for Bard and, and the libraries. Mm -hmm. Her name is uh, Roxanne Switzer. And I thought she did an outstanding job of reading. And I was reading it the other day and, and I said, I said, Tom, listen to her inflections. She mm -hmm. sounds like I would if I was telling the story and I was mm -hmm. so pleased. So mm -hmm. I would love to meet her or talk to her someday, but I, I was very, very pleased with her mm -hmm. reading. It's yeah. a very interesting situation when we listen to an audiobook and we know we're listening to a narrator and you're especially listening to a first person. I was thinking today, I'm going to get to hear Linda's real voice because I knew there was a different name of a person that narrated it. And I uh -huh. said, how will that collide in my brain? Because in my head, Roxanne's voice is you, you know? Yeah. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's very interesting that we as readers, listeners, have to put aside that narrator's voice and be aware that it's not the author. Some narrators are so good and they just, mm -hmm. they make it like you're sitting there, you know, listening or you know, listening or watching a play or a movie. You really did do a fabulous job. I have written a memoir as well. And I was thinking about some of the things that you have to think about. I chose not to give last names. And I chose to soft pedal some of the darker parts because I didn't want particular people to be hurt, um, particularly my mother, because I was trying to get this out for her 90th birthday. Are you thinking of writing anything else? I don't know. I'm probably not going to write anything else. It's like I'll be a one and done, but um, 
who knows <laughs> that maybe I would do a children's book. Tom, Tom's really mm-hmm. suggesting that I do children's books. Yeah. So that's what I've done, Linda. My children's books are memoirs in one way or another and right. several mm-hmm. stories. So yeah, there's ways you can do that too. And I think it's a great idea. Next, we have Lisa. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for doing this interview. I appreciate the humor in the book. I've actually heard somebody talk about your book, and I'm looking forward to listening to your book. I'm really excited. Thank you. And I appreciate the humor in it, because life can be so heavy and so intense. And it's really wonderful to hear how you had support, how you were so supported Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the life. You know, I kind of have the polar opposite. But I was just wondering if you ever would consider a book, because as you were speaking, and as you were telling, you know, your stories, uh, I was taught that it would be uh, great to have comic book like Irma Bombeck, a comedian book like Irma Bombeck on the line. It's hysterical. It's like, you know, where is there? Right. <laughs> I don't know where there is, you know, something to that effect. But I love I love interweave humor in your writing. And I look forward Thank to it. You. Thank you so much for the call. I've learned so much. Our prompt this week was 100 word max to tell us how Writing Works Wonders has enriched your life this year. Carol Mackey. Thank you. Thank you. This was fun, actually. How has Writing Works Wonders helped my writing? My writing only gets better when I do it. The wonders are revealed if I show up each week and listen to all of you and remain open to other ways of writing, hearing from successful authors, and for those of us still struggling. If I keep my pen to paper and or hands on the keyboard in any kind of organized way and in a regular way, I'll hopefully get better. And most important of all, laughing along the way. Thanks. It's Marcia from Daytona. We've been racing to try to get here so I could be on this call because it's one of my <laughs> important ones. When you gave the prompt last week, you know, about writing 10 minutes a day. So mm-hmm. I've been that every morning when I got up and it said, you know, you said 100 words or less. And one day I did it and I looked at the word count and it was exactly on 100. So I'm just so proud of, yeah. you know, it, it was about, the enriching, and I was to share that with you because I was afraid I wouldn't get the prompt for next week. Can I read you what I wrote? Yeah, we, we want to hear how we're enriching your life, of course. But every day turns up a different enrichment, but I didn't, you know, and you said keep a list. And um, I did sort of start a list. Writing works has enriched my life in many ways to begin with. I have a purpose each morning to write for 10 minutes. What I've discovered in that is through the day, I get ideas of what to write. In other words, it's still working in my brain, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. With the writing, I am discovering words in the Bard books I read that I think about using in the future. The latest one was dignity. I said, well, I don't ever use that word, you know? 
And so many times when I'm writing something, I'm, I, I can feel what the word is that I want. So I'm learning stuff. Okay, I love having company and knowing that the people in writing works are also writing and I might get to hear what they have written from the prompt. I'm hesitating because of RP and trying to read it's on my Okay, phone. you're doing you're doing great. I'm, I'm enjoying this new endeavor and I guess that's that was 100 words. So I think what you do. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. It's one more thing. I have a website and my partner asked me to write a newsletter for Christmas. And mm-hmm. I thought, I couldn't do this. I can't do this. And so because of what you said, I said, okay, I'm just going to sit down and write for 10 minutes. And the whole thing came out. Oh, and it was good. Nice. So it's a matter of, I can't do this, but just sit down and start writing. So I, you guys are wonderful. Thank you. That's the whole purpose of this. Because you all encourage us to and keep us going. You bring tears to my eyes. <laughs> and next week's prompt is going to be to write 100 words on how the ACB community has been enriching your life this past year. And we would like to share them on our website as well. And the ones that you've written this week, Linda, your book is available on Bard or through you. And if anyone wants a print copy, they make great gifts. People can contact you through us mm-hmm. and, the, and then we'll pass it on to you. Okay. And so yeah, that's what is, we'll do. You know, the print copy is in, in a few libraries um, back home and here and oh, nice. bookstores here, you know, in the area. Wonderful. But- That's wonderful. So glad to hear that. Thank you to everybody for being here with us today. Kathy and I will stay on for what we call backstage after we're off the stream. And right now I'm going to let Kathy wrap it up. Thank you. So I want to mention that the Bard and NLS talking book number for Linda's book, I Can't See With My Gloves On, is DBC17786. And we'll have that posted in our show notes on our website, DBC17786. And you can look her up as Linda Scribner, S-C-R-I-B-N-E-R, if you can't remember the exact name of the book. Thank you, everyone, for making this another amazing episode. And special thank you to our guest, Linda Scribner, for spending time with us and all our fabulous participants and our writing responses. We appreciate the things that you share with us. Next week, we're going to be doing writing exercises together. And so those that are cultivating their writing skills, new and experienced authors will have great opportunities for that as well with us. Be sure to visit writingworkswonders.com for these show notes, resources, and bonus content. You will also find many opportunities to write and participate in Writing Works Wonders events. All opportunities to participate in our Zoom calls, contests, writing prompts, and open mic events are available through our Contact Us page. Click Contact Us on the website. You may contact Cheryl and Kathy through the Contact Us page or email us at writingworkspodcast at gmail.com. And we also have a telephone number. 347-467-0221. Above all else, 
We want you to be encouraged, inspired, and enjoy the wonders of writing. We look forward to being with you next time. Thank you, Cheryl, Linda, Chanel, and everyone. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Thank you. Kathy. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you. Pleasure to have you with us today. Well, it was enjoyable, and you were right. It was very yeah. low-keyed and fun. <laughs> Excellent. This is your community. <laughs> okay. Okay, you have to explain the salad. Girl. <laughs> explain the salad. I haven't read your book yet. You've got to read it to find out. Oh, yeah. uh. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. basically, in a nutshell, uh, you know, people will want to share bites of other people's food or oh. whatnot. Well, not this time. My salad wouldn't disappear. It kept growing because a uh. co-worker wanted a salad, but she only likes, like, lettuce and cucumber. So <laughs> everything else she kept just putting, you know, on my plate. And I thought, God. Yeah. I can't get rid yeah. of the salad. <laughs> that, that's that's, that's salad some, some friend. Yeah. 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 That, that she can't see, so she can chill. I'll just yeah. pile it on her. Oh, my that's goodness. Really nice. <laughs> but, she, but the kicker is, is that Linda loves salad, and her husband doesn't yeah. let her eat salad all the time when they go out because she takes too long to eat it. So she, uh -huh. she was in our glory. She was in yeah. her glory to get all this salad. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. It's really great. Thank you for joining us today on Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. A tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. You can also tap on the link for writingworkswonders.com. It'll take you directly to all the show notes and information that we shared today and you can sign up to receive the Zoom link so that you can be live with us when we are recording. You can also contact us at info at writingworkswonders.com. Our phone number is 347-647-0221. All donations go towards the expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this show running. Kathy and I want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder in writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.